Welcome to the Mountain Brook Baptist Church podcast. We pray that this message will help you in your walk with Christ. Our current sermon series is Jesus's Parables and the Mystery of the Kingdom. The title of Dr. George's sermon today is Casting Seed and Trusting God. The big idea is our calling is to cast the good news and trust God for the harvest, which God will surely bring to pass. As you have your Bibles this morning, I invite you to turn with me to the Gospel of Mark, the fourth chapter over the course of the summer. We've been looking at the parables of Jesus and how these parables reveal to us mysteries of the kingdom of God. And this is the last of the sermon series on the parables, the parable of the sower, or as I like to call it, the parable of the foolish farmer. Hear now God's word as it comes to us in fulfillment. The first verse says in the fourth chapter, again, Jesus began to teach by the lake and the crowd that gathered around him was so large that Jesus got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. And he taught them many things by parables and in his teaching said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up and some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil and it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow but when the sun came up the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root and other seed fell among thorns which grew and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain still other seed fell on good soil and it came up and it grew and it produced a crop multiplying 30, 60, and even a hundred times. Then, then Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. May God add his blessings to this, the reading of his word. Years ago, when I was a young pastor, I was introduced to a document that had come to the church that I was serving from the state convention. The document was known as the Annual Church Profile. The Annual Church Profile. It was a scorecard, per se, regarding all of the metrics that Baptists in the day were want to keep track of how many baptisms did the church enjoy over the past year, what was the attendance like in Sunday school and in worship, how much money did the church take in and how much of that money was dedicated to missions causes. And then that that response, that scorecard 
once it was filled out, was to be turned in to the local association which would compile the statistics that the church made available and then it would get passed on to the state convention and then it would get passed on to the Sunday school board of the Southern Baptist Convention and, and after all of the churches had reported their scorecard over the past year, the results would be compiled and put together in a book and it would be sent to every pastor throughout the Southern Baptist Convention. And as a young pastor, I remember when it would come and I would, I would open it and I would start looking to see what was the performance, the track record of the church that I was serving in the past year and how did our church stack up to other churches in the community and in the state and other churches that my friends were serving? Well, you, you can see what the document was designed to do. It was designed to encourage friendly competition between churches but I have to tell you that it also raised my anxiety level most years as I always looked at those statistics and said to myself, we can do better than this. We can do better than this. More baptisms, more people in church, more dollars given, greater impact to missions causes. We've got to work harder. We've got to work smarter. I've got to do a better job. We need, as a church, to be getting on the ball for Jesus. That annual church profile is still around. And here at Mount Brook Baptist Church, we fill it out every year. We send it to the Birmingham Metro Baptist Association and then it goes to the State Board of Missions of the Alabama Baptist State Convention and then it goes on to the Executive Committee in Nashville and the Southern Baptist Convention. But I don't pay any attention to the church profile anymore. Why? Because in my earlier life as a pastor, that profile caused me to think that somehow we Baptists were responsible for the results that we might attain from our ministry efforts so that if we were to work harder or work smarter, if I'd do a better job, our church would do better when the truth of the matter is, when you look at Scripture, what God expects from every believer and what God expects from every church, every church, Baptist and otherwise, is simply that we be faithful to the calling that God extends to the church Faithful to the calling. Focus on that. 
and trust God with the results. Now that's a point that we see in this parable that is before us this morning. The parable that we like to call the parable of the sower or I've, I've heard some refer to it as the parable of the soils because there are different soils that are mentioned in this parable. But I like to call it, as I said just a moment ago, the parable of the foolish farmer. It's a parable that comes to us in a section of Mark's gospel where Jesus is offering to the crowds and to his disciples the greatest amount of stories and teaching designed to help them to understand the truths of the kingdom of God. And because Mark is an action-oriented gospel, the word immediately occurs in the gospel of Mark. More times than in any other gospel. You get, you get the idea as you read Mark that Jesus is in a hurry to get somewhere. He's in a hurry to get to the cross. But along the way, people are struggling to keep up with Jesus. His disciples are concerned that they don't understand everything that Jesus is saying. And so Jesus has to take the time to explain to them the parables so that they might come to understand the secret of the kingdom of God, which is all about giving of yourself. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. If you would be one of my disciples, you must deny yourself, take up your cross and follow after me. That's the secret of what it means to be included in God's kingdom reign in this world. And when we look at this Parable, the parable of the foolish farmer, isn't it interesting how the parable is bracketed on both ends with a command to listen. Listen, Jesus says. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus is not talking about the physical act of hearing. He's talking about embracing the truth of his teaching in such a way that it gets played out in everyday experience. This emphasis upon hearing what Jesus has to say underscores the importance of this word so that it doesn't just go in one ear and out the other. Listen, Jesus says, listen, a farmer goes out to sow. And as he was scattering his seed, do you see the image? The farmer is, what kind of farmer goes out to plant his crop and just starts scattering the seed? Not a smart farmer. This is a different kind of farmer. This is a farmer that no doubt had not been trained in 
agricultural techniques designed to produce the greatest of yields. You know what a smart farmer would do. A smart farmer would go looking for the best soil. A smart farmer knows that not all seed comes to fruition. No farmer is that good, but a smart farmer understands that in order to have the greatest chance of the best crop, you need to be smart and strategic as to where you plant your seed. This farmer doesn't do that. Jesus says he just scatters it to the wind. What a foolish farmer. And that's why, as Jesus tells the story, some of it falls along the path. He's just scattering seed everywhere. Some of it falls along the path. Birds of the air swoop down and eat it up. And some of it, some of it falls in rocky places where there's not a lot of soil. There's some soil in it, and it, and it grows, but it's not able to take roots. Springs up, Jesus says, and the sun beats down upon it, but it doesn't have roots. And so when the heat comes upon these nascent plants, they begin to wither. And some of it, Jesus says, some of the seed that this farmer's just scattering, it, it falls among the thorns, and the thorns are growing with the plants. And the thorns grow up and they, and they choke out the plants. What a foolish farmer. He should have known better. But lo and behold, some of it finds its way into good soil. And look what happens. Even the best farmer would only expect a seven-fold yield from his strategic planning. But this farmer, the crop comes up and it's 30 times, 60 times, 100 times. An incredible, breathtaking harvest Jesus says to his disciples, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. You see the point of the parable? As God's people who have been tasked, called, called with the responsibility of sowing the seed of the gospel God does not expect us to try to determine where the good soil is. None of us is that smart. No church, no church is smart enough to sow the seed of the gospel where the good soil is. We know this here at Mount Brook Baptist Church, do we not? Sometimes, sometimes we say to ourselves, we see someone and we say, that's good soil. That's good soil. 
And yet as time passes, what happens? That soil shows itself to be hard. That soil shows itself to be shallow. That soil shows itself to be thorny. And all along, we thought, that's great soil. Nothing came from it. On the other hand, this church knows that as well as any other church. Sometimes you say to yourself, nothing will ever come from our efforts in proclaiming Jesus in that direction. Silly us. It's not a church. It's not a pastor. It's not a lay leader in the congregation who brings about the harvest. What Jesus is telling us is there is this unseen presence that responds to the faithfulness of his people. God only calls us to scatter the seed and then trust him with what comes from it. Are, are you familiar with the poem by Elizabeth Chase York? Poem titled, There Is No Unbelief. Well, it, the title is a little misleading because, of course, in this world, there's plenty of unbelief. There is massive unbelief in certain places but in other places where people seek to be faithful to God in those places there is no unbelief as the poem goes she says there is no unbelief when a person plants a seed beneath the sod and waits to see that seed push away the clod. He, she, trust in God. We, we sow as God's people. We plant as God's people. We scatter, we scatter as God's people and we trust God with the results. When I was a child, my, my mother bought me a set of child craft books. Some of you, some of you probably grew up reading those books that contained all of these marvelous stories that contained life lessons and I enjoyed so much reading through those child craft books and one of the stories that I came across the story of Johnny Appleseed you, you know this story Johnny Appleseed it's a story that goes back to the late 1700s a man born by the name of John Chapman. That, that was his name. He was born in Massachusetts in the late 1700s. 
and yearned to go as a pioneer into the West, which of course in the late 18th century meant Ohio and Pennsylvania. But he sets out and he goes and he takes with him a sack of apple seeds. You know this story. And what does he do? He just starts scattering, casting apple seeds all over what we now know as the American Midwest. Hence his nickname, Johnny Appleseed. And there were a lot of people in the late 18th century who thought John Chapman was a nut. Foolish. Strange. Unusual. Eccentric. But what they did not know until they engaged John Chapman is that he felt the call of God in his life considering himself a missionary. He went out to the American Midwest scattering these seeds as a show of his obedience to what he saw in Scripture as the stewardship responsibility that falls to all people who love God. And in that area, if you go into the rural areas of Pennsylvania or Ohio and see some of those magnificent apple orchards that exist today, people there will tell you that a number of those orchards stemmed from the scattering and the eccentricity and the strangeness and what some might have said was the foolishness of Johnny Appleseed. And when we think about what God has called us to do here in Mountain Brook, Alabama. And when we think about how well is it going? How is our performance stacking up? What results can we show from our ministry efforts? parable like this one that Jesus told reminds us not to be obsessed with results but to pay attention to the process and most importantly to the call of God upon our lives and upon the life of this great church and to see the mystery of the kingdom. That when we go forth from this place, scattering the seed of the gospel in word and deed, in hope and promise, in joy and peace, God will bring something about from it. It's God's doing. And while there is no annual church profile here 
on earth to catalog that level of obedience. You won't see a space in that in any annual church profile that comes from larger Baptist bodies. Jesus wants us to see that God is paying attention. And there very well may be a profile in heaven where God accounts for our obedience and our faithfulness and responds to it in the most incredible, astonishing, breathtaking fashion. A harvest of 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. A harvest that in response to your obedience will have a place marked especially for you. So let's keep scattering and trust God with results. Pray with me, please. Oh Lord, our God, we are grateful for the privilege of joining you in the work that you are about in this world making the kingdoms of this world the kingdom of our Lord in Christ. We thank you for how Jesus came into the world to give of himself for us and for our salvation and how he shed his precious blood that we might experience forgiveness of sin and the hope of life everlasting. We thank you, God, that we are a part of a people committed to proclaiming that word in all that we are about, both what we say and what we do. Help us to see that all you ask of us is our obedience. For then you will do the rest. For Christ's sake. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We pray that today's message brought you hope as we continue to love God and live with grace and generosity. Be sure to check back here for more podcasts. And as always, go out and do the Lord's good work. Amen.